training the complete athlete, gaining the performance edge with Coach Koss. To find out more, go to trainthecompleteathlete.com. So uh, I'm happy to invite one of my favorite people in sports, Al Mendiola from the College of Idaho in Caldwell, Idaho, right outside of Boise. And Al and I have been competitors, oh, I don't know, it was about 12 years before uh, I got smart and left coaching, and he just had to stay behind and keep dominating at the conference. And I always knew when we went to go to, to Idaho, it was going to be a game on, and it was going to be until the last inning. And the great thing about uh, staying friends after one of you gets done coaching at the collegiate level is you get to really share your experience as both parents, as coaches, and what you see is happening in the world of sport. And everybody knows there's a great deal of what's happening in youth sports and what is happening with kids not wanting to continue playing and what can be the struggle sometimes uh, between parent and athlete. So um, I'm going to uh, give a little bit of background on Al. So Al, you, you've been coaching Call of Idaho how many years now? Uh, just start, finished up my 15th year. Okay, so I knew it was kind of 15-14, and as I say, you, you've had some great stretches, won the conference championship in 07-09, uh, um, then you also won the regional one championship in 08, uh, you were the tournament champ for the Cascade Conference in 2013, and you also won the opening round of the national championships in 2014 and finished fifth in the World Series and went on to have regional coaching staff of the year. And then last year, you also... Um, uh, lost in the championship opening round, but that's pretty much the equivalent of the Sweet 16. So that's a great run. And then in 2007, you were the Regional One Coach of the Year, and then in 2009, you were the Cascade Coach of the uh, Cascade Coach of the Year. And as I say, just personal experience, I you know I have great respect for your program. You run your program in very much a way that I I like to run my program, and I know that you see your kids, not just your biological kids, but your athletes that you call your kids as much more than just kids that show up to play the game. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's wins or loss. I know you see them as, as much more than that. So one of the conversations we had over dinner a couple of summers ago was you talking about the ride home. And I know for athletes, one of the worst parts of competition is the ride home because they don't want to hear from their parents. And sometimes they don't want to hear the silence either. So both of them can be big impacts. So what was it like for you and your kiddo who now plays for you at the collegiate level to do the ride home? What was that like? Well, um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, this is a, a pretty important uh, uh, podcast because I believe that, um, you know, a lot of our uh, young athletes uh, nowadays, um, I think, are playing for either to satisfy the, um, the needs of their parents and um, they end up not being good enough or not doing well enough to the parent standard versus the uh, athlete standards. Um, but I was, uh, I was uh, able to talk to a group of, should I say, coaches slash parents, oh, I'd say about five, six years ago at a tournament held in Boise. And one of the topics um, that uh, I talked about was what I call the infamous ride home. And uh, these parents and coaches were looking for some clinical stuff like, you know, my philosophy of hitting, um, you know, how do I defend slappers and, and this and that. And I really uh, uh, surprised them when I said the most important thing um, that I experienced with my daughter was the fact that I almost lost her um, and her interest in the game of softball because I was so hard on her. And I felt that at that time, when I had the attention of parents last coaches that I should probably talk about that versus the game of softball. I mean, they can go to so many different clinics and learn how to hit, learn how to play defense. Everybody, you know, coaches have their own philosophies. 
But I think the parent-child relationship, especially after big games or after games where they perform very well to the parent standards versus, let's say, the, the young, the athlete standards, um, it makes it pretty difficult to, to create a trusting relationship between parent and child. Um, my daughter was probably eight years old when she first started playing for me. And I, being a collegiate uh, coach, uh, there was a lot of expectation, I think, that uh, the people around us had on my daughter, which then I felt it was a reflection on me. So I was pretty tough on her. And um, there were times where, um, you know, she would do something that, let's say, another teammate would do, and I would be harder on her. And I would have expected her to do it the right way or my way versus the other kid, even though they did it the same way. And it got to a point where we'd get in the car, you know, you should have done this, you know, why did you let that strike go? You know, all you had to do was, you know, I mean, it was, you know, yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. And I think what had happened was she lost the interest and love for the game of softball. How old, she was finally, she when, how old was she when this kind of started, when she started looking and going, I don't know if I want to keep competing? Um, I think when she started to realize that, that the competitive level started, going, uh, started being tougher. Mm-hmm. And I want to say around the 14, 14 years old, 12 to 14 years old. Which is, we what they're playing, finding out, which is what they're finding out is most athletes leave sports in between 13 or 14. And it's when that threshold steps up and they finally realize, I'm doing this for the wrong reason. So you do see a mass exodus in sports about around that age. Yes, and um, you know a lot of the stu- a lot of the players uh, did feel like that. Um, I felt like my daughter was playing because I wanted her to play because that's what I coached for a living and that was my job. And she needs to play softball because that's what I do for a living. And you need to be good. You need to be. You're playing for a college coach. You should be very good. And. What I didn't realize was she was just another another young a twelve year old uh, on the softball field who was trying to find herself, um, and trying to find the fun of the game and the love of the game. And all I did was put pressure on her. And you know, um, it wasn't until my wife, um, who is also a collegiate coach, um, identified the the um, the way I treated my own daughter. And my daughter finally had said. I don't want to play softball anymore because it's not fun. And I got mad at her because I was like, softball's not, you know, and I, I admit, I was like, it's not supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be competitive. It's supposed to be about, you know, winning's fun. And, and what I realized was I kept pushing her away um, from the game of softball, but more importantly, my opportunities to build a relationship with her. Um, and what made me realize what I was doing honestly was someone outside which was my wife because you know my wife never had to coach her um she was always a mom she was our scorekeeper she was our biggest fan but what she realized what i was doing was mistreating my daughter for doing the same thing that other teammates did and i was harder on her than than the other teammates and um i'm a pretty emotional guy you know i um I love creating relationships with my players at the collegiate level. You know, yes, they're my daughters for four years, and then they become great friends after they graduate. But, you know, during the time that, we, that I'm coaching them, I, I try and create relationships that are going to be lifelong. Um, it is about winning and losing, but it's also about developing relationships and making sure that these young ladies um, 
uh, are directed and you know, are headed towards the right direction and have some guidance from an adult so that way they can one day uh, give that guidance back. And so when my daughter said that she wasn't going to play anymore, it was devastating. So I had to, you know, between my wife giving me the, the information and my daughter's emotion, I had to change the way I coached. And I thank her for how I coach now, even at the collegiate level. Um, the best news I got from my daughter was when she was a senior in high school. And, you know, previously, I think the beginning of the year, she was like, I just don't know if I want to play college softball. And then I believe March something, she goes, Dad, I've changed my mind. When can we sign? It was probably the, the greatest moment um, of my coaching career at the College of Idaho was when my own daughter, who I almost lost because I was a, a pretty hard-nosed coach, or so did I say, dad, um, <laughs> almost lost her um, and her love for the game. And um, so I was excited. And so there, I take that story and I carry it on um, with the players now. And I try to talk to parents a lot about how to, to approach their children um, with sports because um, to them, sports needs to be fun. And, and once, they, once they start creating that competitiveness and, and, and understanding at levels you have to get better, they'll work hard for it. Just like we teach them how to work hard in the classroom, just like we teach them how to work hard in anything you do, they'll figure it out. But at 12 years old, it's supposed to be fun. And um, so I've changed my approach, and I still make it fun at the college level now. Well, and, and the big thing is there's so many great conversations between parent and child can happen in the car right? And so Correct. it could be a time that could be so influential, either positive or negative. And sometimes as parents, we don't look at it that way. We look at it as an extended coaching session when really it could be, hey, I just need to be upset because I didn't play well today. Or right. I don't even want to talk about my sport. So right. making that transition from being the kind of the more hard-nosed coach slash dad, what were the changes that you made when your kiddos would get into the car and it was time to go home after you were done at the baseball field or your son maybe at the gym? What, what were the things that you changed? I told them the good things that I saw. I've changed. I, I, I finally realized that the things that they can control, I can critique. But if my daughter made two physical errors, she just lived it mm -hmm. five innings ago. She doesn't need to hear about it for another 45 minute drive. But um, what I've learned from my kids, even to my son who's 15, I just talk about, I just say positive things. Um, they, they know what they did if, it was, if they did something wrong. Um, you know, my, my wife said it best when she talked about her dad. She said, you know, my dad only had a talk with me one time. And I finally said, you know, she said she finally told her dad, I know what I did wrong. I, it, I think about things that I do wrong more than I think about what I did right. And so you look at these athletes, um, and I don't know, you know, if it's a generational change, but they're hard on themselves. Mm -hmm. And the last thing they need is for someone that they're looking for guidance, you know, from and positivity from to continue to put them down when they know what they've already done. Um, and so I try and I, I tell them a lot of positive things. Um, you know, I think my son and I have had a so much better relationship. Um, coaching baseball and watching play basketball because now it's fun for me because I'm not looking for negative things anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy watching my kids because I look and see when they do something successful, the smile on their faces, the joy that they have. Um, so I look at that and I just, 
try to strengthen that. Um, it, it's made me a better person as a coach and as a dad. Well, that's the thing is if you're always looking for the positives or the ways they made improvements or changes, it is true. This generation is very hard on themselves. Their personal expectations are probably higher than most parents could ever fathom. And so for us, it's how do we point out the, the improvements or, hey, you're hustling so much better instead of all the things that they're going to beat themselves up 20 times more than we could ever once say, you know, get, right. get, get home. So what benefits have you seen in, you, you talked a little bit about being a better dad, a better coach. How, what are improvements have you seen in your kids, even in their performance, you know, cause so much we talk about anxiety and, and how it's impacting these athletes performance. I'm guessing being able to get into a car knowing that they're not going to get screamed at is going to make them a little bit freer when they play. Confidence. I think that my kids play with way more confidence now. Um, and I, I, their, their level of ability is starting to, to get better as well. But, but I really think that knowing that, there's nothing wrong with failing as long as you've competed to the highest level you can possibly compete and you gave every single ounce of effort and you fail, then it is what it is. Um, you know, the, the, the things that we, that we really preach to our kids is just play hard and outplay your opponent. You can't control the outcome of a lot of things, but you can't control how you play, how hard you play, your attitude when you're playing, but you can't control outcome. I mean, a lot of those positive things will most likely determine outcomes, but it's not always guaranteed. But you can guarantee you're, you know, watching them and having them see, seeing joy in them. Um, watching my son play basketball, I'm just like, that is my kid right there. That's my kid, right? And seeing my daughter play for me at the college level when she when she's at the plate, you know, I just always wish the best for her because I remember that smile when she was 14 and I remember that smile when she was 16 and now to see it at 21, it's, it's, it's more rewarding for me than I think it is for them sometimes. Um, so um, that has made me a different person. Watching the joy from my kids has made me change the way I coach for other people. Well, and as I say, knowing you off the field and on the field, I saw a big transformation watching you, especially now that I'm not a coach at your conference. I got to be unbiased and I just get to watch and I have seen a big shift and I have seen such a big shift in how you talk about your team and how they are, you know, winning is a great outcome. Now it's not, it's not what you chase every day. It's your, it's the overall development of your uh, student athletes. And I see it in your kids too, because you have great relationships with both your kids and, you know, teenagers can be impossible to raise, but, you know, they actually still want to hang out with you and are excited to see you. And it, you can definitely ch- see that change in you as, as, a, as a person, even in your happiness and how you look at the game. And I think that speaks volumes to changing how, what, what you want out of sport, right? Not just for your kid, but for yourself, for your team. And, and it really adjusts priorities to make it a great experience instead of just wins and losses, which I think, as I say, old school mentality. And I think as young coaches, sometimes we get lost in the wind. Well, I'm not a, a young coach anymore, but you know, back in the day when we were young coaches, you know, we were chasing uh, uh, wins and losses instead of chasing athletes. And I think that's one of the biggest changes when, it, when, a, when a parent, when a coach says, hey, I need to start re- reevaluating what's important with my kids. So if, if you were going to say these are the most important things to either coaches, I mean, coaches have those conversations after games and we evaluate what we say after games, probably as much as we do anything else. And what you would say to parents, what are the most important things you would say when your kid is done or your team is done? These are the things that you need to leave with them. These are the best ways to approach them 
for them to be able to walk off, let the game go and be ready for the next day, whether that be training or whether it be, be another game. You know, we have tournaments or a game that's 20 minutes later. What are the things that you need to leave with your kids to get them to be in the best place for the next whatever challenge is in front of them? That there is another opportunity. Um, I think that uh, student athletes hold on to things way too long and it makes it more difficult for them to prepare for that next pitch or that next at bat or that next, you know, fly ball, ground ball or, or game. Um, and as parents, like with me, and when I say parents, I'm a parent to 28 student athletes. One of them is my biological daughter. And when we, when we play a, a bad game and at the end of the game, let's say it's a, it's a, it's a, the front end of a double header, we'll go down the left field line if we're on the third base box and I'll go, I really don't have anything to say because you guys just experienced it. We can't get that back. We have 20 minutes. Let's get mentally prepare ourselves, go get something, a snack to eat, and let's get ready for game two. Because to recap that game that we just played, it just doesn't make it any better for them. So first of all, I think parents, coaches need to, to develop a trusting relationship with their players and kids. When they can do that, I think they can say a lot of things and the, and the players or, or kids will have a lot of respect for what they say. Second thing, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's a cliche, you know, five positives for every negative. I truly believe that. I've learned it. Um, a lot, you know, one of the coaches that I respect, and she was a national champion last year, was Jessica Pistol. She came up to me in the net, at the conference tournament. She said, what did you do differently? You guys were a 22 and 23 team a year before, and now you're 40 and 17. What did you do differently? You have the same team, same pitcher, same coaches. Everything's the same. And I said, I changed the way I coach. I allow them to be able to fail without worrying about consequences. I, I gave them the most relaxing atmosphere to be able to just play the game. And the one thing that I, that I was able to learn from my assistant coaches, especially my first year assistant coach, Bobby, he said, guys, it's a game of wiffle ball. Now you tell me and you ask these parents, how many times have they seen their kid out in the front or back playing wiffle ball? And even if they struck out, they never said a word to them. But yet in a game, a travel ball game in Irvine, they strike out and it's like the end of the world. So we always tell our girls now, approach the game like it's a wiffle ball game. Because it doesn't matter if you went 0 for 8. No one ever knew you went 0 for 8 because wiffle ball is just fun. There's no pressure. There's no anything. And that's how we approach it. And so I told Jessica, I go, I just had to change the way I coached. I, I was putting too much pressure. You know, my body language was, I, I had negative body language the year before. I, I was, you know, one of those guys who just who couldn't handle failure when I had a talented team. And this year and this past year, I just accepted it because we can't be perfect. And if they played hard and if they did, if they did everything that we asked them to do, we can't complain, win or lose. And that's how we approached it. And, I saw a huge difference in our girls um, from two years ago to last year to now this year. This year we were off to a great start too um, until this whole thing ended. But I didn't change the way I coached. I changed me. And changing me um, really made a difference in, in, in the girls trusting me, trusting that I'm going to do whatever is best for them and I'm gonna put them in the best position I can to succeed, whether it's physical uh, position, or a mental position or a day off, I'm gonna do whatever I can do to make it so it's best for them to be successful. 
Well, I think that is one of the truest statements that as adults, we really fail our kids is we need to look at ourselves first and say, what are we doing that is not working? And that doesn't mean we don't put in the effort or we don't care or, or we're not doing everything we can to best serve our student athletes. But usually it comes from us. They are a reflection of us. And so for us to get dramatic changes in our athletes or our own children, it has to start with us. And I think that's one of the hardest things um, talking to coaches, talking to um, clients, even talking to athletes that I do, they struggle and saying, I'm the one that needs to change. And for you to do that, it's awesome to see that quick and huge reward to go from uh, almost a 500 team to, hey, you're knocking on the door for the World Series in one quick turn. And that's very much testimony of that. It's, it's great to look at yourself first instead of always looking at our athletes for the cause of whatever needs to be changed in our program. Al, as I say, it's always awesome to talk to you. We could talk for hours and hours. And I love hearing the story. And I love seeing the transition both in your program and, and in your family because the world of, of sports is changing so dramatically. And how we coached 10 years ago, it just is not as effective anymore. And so we're having to learn how to change and intermingle with a new population and be there alongside them instead of always dragging them along. And I think that's the big difference between, uh, you know, when I first started coaching or when I was a collegiate athlete to now is, we have to walk alongside our athletes instead of expecting them just to follow because they question more, they need more support, they need a lot more things that are different. And I think you are doing a tremendous job at College of Idaho and are a great example to parents uh, that coach their kids or uh, just as a coach to show that you don't have to be tough as nails to get the results. And so I really, really appreciate your time. Um, and we wish you good luck in the fall. Hopefully everybody will be back playing fall ball in a couple months because I know everybody's getting stir crazy not playing ball right now. As I say, when you, know, you have to turn off SportsCenter apps because all you see is old highlights of the Lakers, you know Sports World really needs to give you kicking into gear. So good luck with your upcoming season. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Terry. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you.